Okay, welcome, welcome everybody this week's episode of Recovering in Christ. I'm your host, Jamel Maxwell, and tonight we're going to be talking about waiting on God. Um, here at Joyful in Hope Ministries, man, we remain joyful in hope. Being joyful in hope means no matter what's going on around us and no matter where we are at the time, we are constantly looking ahead so that we may share with God's people who are in need, always practicing hospitality. With that being said, let me get this candy out of my mouth and I'll jump right in. Um, in Ecclesiastics 3, um, I'm going to read this to y'all real quick. It says, A time for everything. Uh, it says, uh, Solomon's general observation. It says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. <clears throat> a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So with that being said, I'll get back to Ecclesiastes. I want to cover some more on scripture. So some good examples that we have in waiting on God in the Bible um, is King David. Uh, King David waited 15 years before he took the throne of Israel. Um, he was anointed king at 15 years of age, and then he had to wait another 15 years. And in that 15 years, he was sought out by Saul. Saul made it a point to try to try to, try to kill David. And then when the man who made David aware that Saul had died, he, he actually, David actually killed the guy who reported the news to Saul. And the reason I want to talk about waiting on God, man, is because I feel like a lot of us will ask God to take hold of a situation or a circumstance in our life, and then as soon as it takes a direction or a course to where the time is, is troublesome or, or we're going through a, a trial or tribulation, we want to pick it back up and we want, we want to put our hands in it, man. So, the the three keys that I have to waiting on God are, why should we wait on God, how should we wait on God, and what should we do while we wait on God. Um, some other good examples of uh, waiting on God, uh, Moses waited 40 years to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He actually was run off from by his own people. Um, he actually, the way the story goes, um, I'm paraphrasing here, is he actually seen an Egyptian beating on one of the Israelites and he actually killed the Egyptian and then the next day two Israelites were fighting and they said something to him like uh, who made who made you uh who made you ruler over the people unknowing to them God was going to eventually make Moses the ruler over those people but he fled out of fear and shame of what he had did and uh you know Moses was almost you know 80 plus years of age if not older when he had, when when God called him back to Egypt to bring the Israelites out, um, another good example is uh, Sarah, Abraham, Abram's wife. Um, she couldn't have children, and, and since she couldn't have children, she <laughs> she had a maid servant named Hagar, who she put. Well, when, you know, she she gave to Abram, and um, Hagar and Abram had a had a son. His name was Ishmael. And in that, it's in Genesis 16. Let's go there real quick. Let's, let me 
because this is this is some uh, this is a good example of us waiting on God and then taking matters back into our own hands and the outcome that can happen, the things that can happen in that. So Genesis 16 verse 1 it said, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but he but she had an Egyptian maid servant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maid servant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarah his wife took her Egyptian maid servant to Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Now let's pause right there for a minute. Now she just she just said in she just said in the previous verses that she would give her to him and maybe she can have a family through her. But now that she's pregnant, she's despising her, it says. And then I'll read on. It says, uh then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. And that's just like the human nature, man. Um, when we have the consequences of our actions, you know, a lot of times we blame other people. And this goes to show you, man, that nobody in the Bible was perfect except for Jesus. Uh, it, it, it's pretty sad, man. Like, there's been times where I'd ask God to take control of a situation. And then as soon as I start getting uncomfortable in the waiting, I want to take it back. And then when things go south from there, I, I'll blame God. You know, that's how I used to be. Now, I just, now I, I've, I've got to a point in my life to where I can really wait on God and be patient and things. Not too long ago, I was working in a warehouse and I told my wife, uh, I said, man, I, you know, I was coming home every day and I was telling her, like, I hate my job. I did not like my job. It was, it had nothing to do with the people there. It was just basically the work. Um, I work in the auto body field. I have my whole life. Those of you who know me know that. And like it, I have the opportunity to do something different every day, working on a different car every day. So working in a warehouse, doing the same thing, it began to feel monotonous to me. And I struggled in that. And I told my wife, man, like I really put my faith in God and put my trust in Jesus. And I was like, you know what? Something's going to happen. I'm just going to be patient and wait. I'm not, you know, I still did my part. And, and that's another thing, too. When we wait on God, we still have to do our part in things. We still have to be of service to other people. We still have to pray. We still have to read God's word and, and still just just do the things that we know we can do. But when I say do my part, what happened for me was I just kept applying for other jobs and stuff I knew I was good at. And when the time came, God made it possible to give me the job that I have now, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I have opportunity to do what I love working on cars. Uh, I have the potential to make uh, more money than I've ever made in my life. And I'm very thankful for that. But that's just one example of many where I've had to wait on God and be patient in that. Um, yeah, let me see here. So why why should we wait on God? Um, first off, man, God doesn't care about the watch that you have. And there's a time for everything. You know, I had to get out of my head, man, that, uh, that, 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 that God's timing is not of my timing. See, my time runs on clocks. And, and from my understanding of God's timing, it happens in seasons. Because, see, all my blessings are already waiting for me. But I have to be prepared for my blessings. You know, um, 
two years ago, you couldn't have gave me $5,000. I would have probably killed myself unintentionally from drug use. Uh, and any time prior to that, you know, $5,000 in my hands wouldn't have been good. But if you give me $5,000 now, the first thing I'm going to think about is people in need. And, and I say that because a lot of times, man, we don't understand why blessings, what we call blessings, tangible things, don't come through. And it's because we're not prepared for them yet. God isn't going to give you anything that you're gonna make, that's going to make you forget about him completely. And a lot of times people think blessings are something that are tangible items, material possessions. Um, I believe blessings are things of the spirit. Uh, that's another podcast, though. But I just want to stay focused on this. I feel like we should always wait on God because he knows what is best for us. By waiting on him, we learn to persevere, which is patience. And the more we learn this, the better we get at it. Um, so perseverance, man, uh, in the book of James, it says, uh, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And let me pause right there because I actually want to go to it and read the actual scripture because it's very powerful, man. And it's helped me a whole lot in my walk with Christ. Um, something about having patience and being able to persevere through trial and tribulation, it does something to the soul and not just the soul, but it does something to the mind too, to when other adversity comes, you don't just get lost in the fact that things aren't going your way. You really just kind of pause and ask God, like what's going on and stuff like that. <clears throat> so in the book of James, uh, Chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And being that mature and complete, not lacking in anything, man, it's like, <clears throat> it's almost like uh, knowing that even though things aren't going your way, you can just accept them as they are. And you're not lacking in the fact that things aren't going your way. You're okay with that. And you know how to just accept it and continue to move forward in that, man. So with that being said, I feel like why we should wait on God, man, is because God really knows what's best for us. And who wakes up every day saying, I want second best? Because I tell people this all the time. Um, if I was to pick out the very best things for me in my life, whether it be uh, a job, um, a house, a car, uh, you know, a wife, it always be second best to what God has for me. And I honestly believe without a doubt, God chose my wife for me. She's just too good to me. She's one of a kind. He definitely broke the mold with her. Uh, she matches me. She's my person for sure. Um, nobody wants second best, man. And, and if you feel like you're choosing the best for your life, it's always going to be second best to what God has for you. Now, how we should wait on God. I said we wait by faith. Planting the seed of faith teaches us to trust God and his timing in and over our lives. And Jesus also taught this in Matthew 6.10. He said, let thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, that's how you wait on God. You let God's will be done in and over your life. Uh, you know, when God has an iron in a fire trying to trying to make something, trying to mold something into your life, there's no need for, for you to stick anything else in the fire with that, what he's got going on. Like I just said, man, what God has for us is the very best. You know, I have people tell me, man, uh, you know, I sponsor gentlemen now, and they're like, man, I want what you have. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because see, what I have is God-given, and God made this for me and nobody else. But at that same time, I tell them this, 
what God has for you, nobody else can have. And what he's trying to do in and through your life, he'll never be able to do through 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 anybody else because he created it just for you. And that's the thing, man. Like the person that I am, like being baptized and, and, and repenting and turning away from my sins and moving in the right direction, it's been a beautiful thing in my life. Like it's not always... It's not always that that I'm happy because I'm not always happy, but I do always have a certain sense of peace. And even if I set the peace that I have down for a minute and I really like I become very self-aware, the Holy Spirit makes me aware that, look, you know what, man, I'm tripping like things ain't going my way and I'm, I'm ruining my serenity right now. And then that's when I just look up and I'm like, God, I don't understand what you're doing right now. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. Um, trust him. You know, I'm I'm horrible at remembering scripture. That's why I carry my Bible with me everywhere in case I got to thump somebody real quick with it. But yeah, it says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Think about that. In all your ways, acknowledge God and he will make your path straight. You know, another good one that I have on that note uh, is uh, Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. You know, uh, there's a there's a there's a short clip of Denzel Washington going around talking about put God first in everything you do. I'm not going to lie, man. Like I live that I, I do my very best to live that. Do I always do it? No, I fail miserably every day. Every day. Sometimes I have to start over. Sometimes 30 times a day. Because I just get outside of myself. And the thing about that is though. It's like I can start over. As soon as I make the choice to. I don't have to get wrapped up in any situation. And just feel like I'm having a very unspiritual day. Or anything like that. When I realize that I'm not walking in the provision of God. If I'm not walking in God's grace. If I'm just being nasty to people. You know my wife checks me about that too. If she comes through the door. And I don't acknowledge her. She's like, hello. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, no, hello. And I have to remember like, okay. I have to be like, I got to give her that attention. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I be in my head a lot more than most people. And it's okay, man. Because a lot of times when I'm in my head, man, I'm thinking about God has revealed. I'm thinking about something God has revealed to me. And I'm trying to have an understanding of it. But at the same time, I try not to understand too much. Because what I just read. Trust in the Lord with all the heart. I mean, uh, and lean not onto your own understanding. That's something that takes practice, man. Like, here's the thing, man. Anybody claiming to be a Christian, condemning other people, talking down on other people. Like, just stop. Just stop. It's people like that, so-called Christians like that, who run other Christians or people who want to believe, who want to see what Jesus is about. Y'all run them out of the church, man. Y'all run people off. Look, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what your what your gender, what your pronoun is, um, what your sexual preference is. I don't care if you went to the club last night. I don't care if you're sitting in a bar right now having a drink. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you may be, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about that is when you get into this relationship with Christ, man, I heard a guy named Tim Ross said, real powerful guy, man. He's got a uh, ministry going down in Irvington, 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 Texas. Irvington, is that right? I'm not sure. But anyway, the thing about having a relationship with Christ, man, is once you start this relationship with Christ, you have to die to self. 
That means the desires that you want, you have to let go of, and you have to desire the things that he puts in your heart. You know, um, my daughter made me real proud this week, this past week. Uh, she she texted me and told me, she said, Daddy, um, I did my good deed for the day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what was that? She's like, uh, I, uh, I shared my last $4 with a homeless guy. And I'm like, that's great, but... I didn't tell her this, and she's probably, she may watch this, and, but you shouldn't have told me about it. You know what I'm saying? What's done in darkness, look, God can see all things, man. But back to the relationship piece with Christ, man, whoever you are, wherever you are, God wants, uh, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, man. And another thing on that, on the Lord's Prayer on Matthew 6:10, let thy kingdom come and thy will be done. I had a very great pastor named Johannesburg tell me this. He said, when you let thy kingdom come, let God's kingdom come through you. And let thou, let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, man. And I tell people all the time, man, I'm just down here trying to advance God's kingdom one day at a time, one person at a time. Whoever crosses my path is who I'm trying to show a glimpse of God's kingdom. That the, that love, that reciprocal love that God gives us, the term that is used for it is called agape. Agape. But it is very powerful, man. And when you experience that agape love that the Lord has for you, it's like nothing else on earth, man. It's, it's a certain power that comes. When God pours into you and you're able to pour into other people and plant seeds and then you watch God nourish and water those seeds and then they turn to Christ and they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, man. It's something that will set you on fire. There's not anything on the planet that can give you that feeling like the Spirit of God when you see the fruition of God's work in another person's life. That is very powerful. So... um Enough about that. On to the last one, man. What do we do when we wait on God? Um, we be still. We choose patience is what we do. I know it's easier said than done, um, but complaining and being angry isn't going to change the course of God's timing. And that's the thing, man. Blessings before their time are only curses. Uh, I heard T.D. Jake say that about a year ago, man, and it was very powerful to me. Um and that's the thing. The way he put it was like, if his, if if a eight if an eight year old boy goes to his father and asks him and says, "Daddy," or if if a, if a man gives his eight year old son the keys to his car and says, "Run up to the store and buy whatever you want," is that a good idea? I'm afraid not. Kid's probably not going to make it out the driveway, and if he does, he's not going to make it from in, from in front of the neighbor's house. But if you wait until the child is sixteen. And he's been through some seasoning, and he's been through some driver's ed, and he's learned how to operate a motor vehicle and stuff like that. And you say, here, son, take the keys, run up to the mall, get whatever you want. Here's my credit card. The kid's going to be like, oh, man, this is great. And that's the thing, man. We have to go through certain seasons in life so we can be prepared for the blessings that God has for us. Because any blessing that God gives us, it is right on time. It comes when it's supposed to. If you think... That a, that a relationship you're in, um, at one time it was a blessing, and now it's complete hell and chaos, it's probably not of God, man. And I tell my, I tell my sponsees and stuff this, man, if you don't have, if you don't have, it's not about what they don't have, if you can't look at a woman and say, you know what, I can see this woman being my wife, then why are you going to spend Two things that you're not going to get back, which is money and time. Why are you going to spend your money and your time investing into a woman just to have sex and you're not trying to make her your wife? That is a waste. 
that is a waste because you're not going to get a penny of the money you spend taking her out, whining and dying or courting her. You're not going to get none of that back. And every second you give her could be time that you could be devoting to God or your kids or other relationships that are going to be fruitful in your life. A lot of people out here in relationships that ain't going nowhere, they just keep spinning the block. They keep spinning the block. Domestic situations, court dates popping out of it, bringing kids into the world that didn't even probably... You know what? My mom told me this when I had my first daughter because uh, an abortion was being talked about. And I didn't know what to do, so I went and talked to my mom. My mom said, Jamil, if you have anything to do with an abortion, I'll disown you. Okay, she made my decision for me. I did not want my mother to disown me. And then she said this. She said, that little girl did not ask to come here. And she didn't pick you as a father, and she didn't pick that girl as a mother. Because if, if it was up to her... To pick her parents, I'm sure she would have picked better. And that hurt. That, But it was truthful. As much as it hurt, it didn't harm me. It actually helped me. You know, sometimes people say things that we feel hurt us, but do they harm us? You know, a lot of times, man, the truth does hurt. We just have to accept it and let it roll off our back and do something about it. Um, but waiting on God, man, what we do is we be still, man, and we just sit still. Uh, a lot of times, man, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story real quick. So this was back in, uh, I'm going to say 2010, 9 or 10. Um, I got a younger brother, and at that time, I think my younger brother was just coming out of high school. He had been out of high school for maybe a year or two. And we were sitting across the street from uh, my sister's house. We were staying with my sister. At, well, at least I was, and he might have been over there that day. And he goes, you know, I said, hey, man, when you going to find a job, bro? When you, you going to get a job, man? And he was like, man, I wish I'd stay off my back by finding a job. I'm sick of this, man. Everybody keep telling me I need a job. And I'm like, man, you 20 years old. Like, you know, people ain't just going to keep giving you handouts. This is the time where you transition from being... Uh, little bro to young man, you know what I'm saying? You have to learn to do for yourself now, you know. Uh, and it wasn't just me trying to encourage him. And, and, and sometimes people take encouragement as nagging and stuff like that. And really, people are just trying to help them position themselves better in their lives. But we were sitting across the street from my sisters, and we were having this conversation. And he's sitting, we're sitting in a love seat, and he's sitting to the left of me. And he goes, I'm just going to sit right here and I'm going to wait for God and God's going to bless me with everything I need. And I said, oh, for real? I said, well, I'll tell you what, man, when you're done with that seat, you need to get up so I can have it. If that's the blessing chair, I'm sitting in the wrong seat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I wish it worked that way. I wish we can just sit still and wait on God to just pour into us, man. But life is about growth, man. And the only time you grow is you have to move. You know, even plants that are planted in the ground as seeds, man, when they grow, they're on the move and they're on the rise. They're coming up. Anything that is planted has to grow. And I feel like, you know what? God planted his soul. <clears throat> God planted his spirit in a lot of us. And the, and the thing is, we have to grow closer to him with each day that passes, man. And the only way to do that is through prayer and, and reading his word, man. Um, if you want to if you want to hear God, all you have to do is read his word out loud to yourself or to anybody who wants to listen. Um, I hear God every time I'm in the word. Um, the words are on the paper. They speak right to me, and I love it, man. Um, it's something about... It's something about just spending that, that devoted time with the Lord, man. Um, I like to start my day at 4 a.m. I've been slacking on that. I've been slacking on that a lot. Uh, but my life is full. So 
even though I don't, you know, I have a 25, 35 minute ride to work every morning. Sometimes I ride in just complete silence and I talk to the Lord. Um, one of the challenges I've been challenging myself with, with one of my spiritual advisors, she said, uh, how many people, when somebody is talking to you, you're praying to God, asking God for the answers to give them. And that's something I've been trying to practice doing. Um, a lot of people who I have in my life right now, spiritually, who are on the same path that I am on, um, walking their own course, though, um, I allow them to challenge me in ways that I, I think they don't even understand. Uh, so here's what I want to encourage everybody to do. Um, let God lead and just learn to follow. We can make our own plans, but I don't think we are to make quick, major decisions without consulting God in prayer and waiting for his answer. And that's just the truth. And I want to wrap this up with uh, Ecclesiastics 3, verse 11. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That's, that's beautiful, man. Like I really like the first part of that. He, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And, and so allow God's timing to work in your life. Learn to wait on God. Be patient, um, whether it's uh, with a relationship, whether it's with a job. Do your part. And, you know, with relationships, I say this, man. If, if you're taking interest in somebody, pray about it. Man or woman, woman or man, pray about it. I feel like you should definitely pray. And if you're already in a relationship, uh, to my gentleman, um, I ask that you pray and ask God to make you the spiritual leader over the people underneath your care. Um, we are called to be um, the spiritual leaders of our families and the women in our life. Anybody th that is under our stewardship, we're called to be uh, uh, leaders in that. I challenge you all to pray together. Um, introduce your kids to the Lord. Let them know who God is. Let them know that he is sovereign. Um, he is omniscient. He is everywhere, all the time, on time. And it's a beautiful thing, man. But like it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Uh, Jesus loves you all. He wants to have a relationship with you. So I definitely challenge you to uh, cry out to him. Ask him to reveal himself to you, and I promise you, in this life, the things that you search for, you will find. You will find, whether they be good or bad. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Justin Blair, he shared with, uh, with the encounter group, he said this. He said, God will give you what you want in eternity. If you want eternity without God, you will have that. Dying every day, but never becoming dead. And if you want the eternity with God, praising and worshiping God, you will have that too. And I believe you can have that too in this life. If you want a life without God, the world's out there. It's called a secular world. And for some reason in the secular world, people who do not follow Christ or believe in God, um, they're always in a search for more, trying to fill a hole in their life that only God can fill, man. And uh, the thing about it is this, man, only God can fill that hole because it's a place he created for him and him, himself alone. Um, so I challenge you all, man, men, be spiritual leaders. I challenge you women to uh, to find a man who loves the Lord, you know, find a man who is really searching, who is after God's heart, who wants to be a spiritual leader, who wants to lift you up above himself and uh, 
you know, take you on the greener pastures, man. Um, it's a lot of broken homes out here, man. But but we can do better as men, man. I challenge you all. Like I said, pray to God. Let the God, let God lead you in your life, because I know some of y'all, man, are out here saying you're living your best life, and you go home to a broken relationship, or you go home alone, and you're just unhappy, and you ask God why, and you don't understand, and that's because you're putting everything in your life before the Lord, man. Trust me, I know I lived it. I lived it. You know, some of the people I love the most, man, have a lot of great things in their life, man, but are just unhappy. And I believe, honestly, in my opinion, in my opinion and in my experience, man, those who have the most without God are the most miserable. And then those who have the least with God are the most joyful and peaceful people I've ever come across or ever met, man. So why not have both, man? Because I promise you, when you put your faith in the Lord and follow Christ, man, God will pour into you. I'm talking about with the measure pressed down and poured into you and you your life will overflow and everything that you become a part of everything that you touch everywhere your presence is man god will bless that he he will who he will pour into you in abundance to where it's so much in you you can't contain it you like freaking out you like oh my how do i hold this and you're not supposed to what god pours into you and this is just my opinion man um Take it how you want with a grain of salt. Let it roll off your back or hold on to it and cling tight. Whatever God pours into you, man, you're supposed to pour into the world, man. And I call that advancing God's kingdom, man. And that's that's the reason I do this podcast because God continues to pour into me each moment of each day, man. Um, <laughs> weird analogy I'll give you real quick. So a teenage kid can't live without their cell phone, correct? I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, well, I can't live without Jesus, because I tell you what, somebody take Jesus from me, which they can't, I'm going to act out like a 15-year-old boy. Y'all ever seen a 15-year-old get a cell phone taken away? Oh, the world ends, I'm telling you. But I'm um, thankful, man. Um, let me pray real quick, and uh, we'll wrap it up. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just want to thank you for the many of blessings of this day. I ask that you continue to just pour into anybody who hears this word that you have given me to share with them. Continue to just help them grow. Um, reveal yourself to them as they cry out to you, Father God. Um, give us patience, Father God. Teach us to wait on you and trust in your timing. I know that uh, I know that you have great things for all those who love you. And everything that you have for them, you desire for them to have it. And the only way to get it is... Is from you by coming to you, Father God. So I ask that they all come to you. And I lift them all up in prayer. And I ask that you continue to just sanctify them and myself included. For we have all masterpieces of your work, Father God. I love you and I thank you. And it's in Jesus' mighty and precious name I pray these things. Amen. Alright, man. I love y'all, man. Get to it. I love you too, Dina.